You're waiting for a podcast to start. A podcast that will take you far away. You know where you hope this podcast will take you, but you can't know for sure. Yet it doesn't matter. The line between reality and dreams can often be blurred, as we see in the blockbuster hit Inception, starring Leonardo DiCaprio, directed by Christopher Nolan. Today, we explore the world of our subconsciousness, and whether our dream selves are held accountable to the standards of our woken selves. This is truly universal. Welcome to Truly Universal, the podcast where we discuss all things Catholic in another universe. And this week, in response to the coup that my sister has shot across the bow against me personally, I have decided to call together the Founding Fathers, plus one, um, to this podcast today. So with me, I have Matt and Mark, who you know pretty well, and we have JP. Now, to be clear... This isn't the JP from last week. This is a new JP we got off the streets. Hopefully he's uh he can compete with the, the other JP's good looks and and charm and we'll see what we can do here. So we'll uh without further ado, as the intro said uh by Ian again in the beginning, we are going through probably one of uh, a lot of people's favorite movies. Um it's called Inception. Um Christopher Nolan's uh piece. He also did Batman uh, begins dark night um and it's really about the concept of dreams and it's a heist movie at best um, but it has some great concepts that we're going to explore today one of those concepts is the dream world so let's go around and talk about if you could design your own dream world what would you have in it so i'll, I'll actually call upon the the new jp we're going to call you new jp so jp uh tell us a little about yourself uh why you're here, and if you could design your own dream world, what would you have in it? All right, what up, guys? My name is JP Braganza, um, and uh, I have actually have a background in uh, film and video, and uh, with a minor philosophy coming from JP Catholic, or John Paul the Great Catholic University. All right, so I would design my own dream world. So my maze, right, quote-unquote maze, right, would be an arcade filled with cabinets all over the place. With a bunch of people talking trash to each other, you know, just having fun, having a good time. And then the vault would be located inside one of the cabinets of a game that no one plays. And all of my, all my whatever, devious, darkest secrets would be in there, basically. I'm trying to think, what, what game is that that people don't play? Time Crisis? Um, like the first one? No, no, no. No, Time Crisis 1 was great. All right. Okay. That okay, was, so not that one. That was that was revolutionary. Got it. JP, I think you just described a normal week for you. Uh, Basically. Of life. Okay, cool. So welcome to the podcast. All right. So one of the, the brothers, if you guys want to go ahead and, and talk about your own dream world. Mine would be all of the Mario Kart tracks like spliced together. So you're in like a never ending loop of going from 
like Luigi's Circuit to Baby Park to Rainbow Road mm. to Bowser's Castle. And it would be like real people who are like throwing the shells and stars and banana peels and whatnot. And then you'd end into like one of the biggest Las Vegas buffets, like all of them combined. And you just eat right after. That, that sounds awesome. <laughs> Okay, so you got Mario Kart, you got people throwing things, and it ends with a Vegas buffet. Okay, I can dig that. All of the Vegas buffets. Don't demean it. All of them. Dude, I want to go to Vegas so bad. So go ahead, Matt. What do do you got for your your dream world? Uh, I think my dream world would probably be some sort of cross between, like, uh, Barakai, uh, Hawaii, and, like, any of those like Cancun tropical kind of like areas, but like it would also have one of those like underwater hotels, but it would just be like the entire, like the entire lot is like a beach and like Island, but like underneath it, like there's this huge civilization, like underwater, kind of like those underwater hotels that you'd see in like Tanzania uh, or like China or like Morocco kind of like the ones where you can see all the fish and stuff. So for me, I, I think I'm going to borrow from JP's idea of like, hey, having a maze. Um, and then I'm going to borrow from you guys as uh, Mark and Matt. In my dream world, when you enter, it's an escape room. Okay. So it's like probably one of the most elaborate escape rooms that you can think of. It's like one of those old school pirate themed escape rooms. And after each level, it actually changes the environment. So then you go into a Minecraft escape room and then you go into like a, a video game escape room. And then the last room is actually just real life. And you just have to go through real life. And you don't know. And then you don't realize that you're in a a dream. And then finally, after you get through real life, you have to like pay bills and you have to like get married and like own a house. And afterwards, then you get into the real world, which is my inner sanctum dream, which I haven't thought of uh, what that would look like, but it would be cool. So... Let's go with um, the next thing. So a big thing in Inception um, is this theme of totems. You know, can one of you guys explain what a totem is in Inception? And then if we had a totem, what would it look like? Well, like a totem in the movie is just like an object that only you know, like basically like some unique feature about it, like either its size or dimensions or like its weight. It's something that if somebody were to were to dream it up, they can't copy it exactly because they don't know exactly everything about it. So it allows you to keep your grasp on reality because it's like, oh, like I have a weighted die or like a weighted uh, chess piece. Like I know I only know the weight of this. So if somebody were to recreate it, I would know I'm in their dream because it's not the right weight or not the right dimensions. Got it. Got it. So like Joseph Gordon-Levitt in the movie, he has like loaded dice, right? Yeah. It would always like roll to the same number. Yep, and the controversial one is Cobbs, Leonardo DiCaprio's character is like a top spinning, and he knows that if he's in a dream, then the top never falls over. But we'll we'll talk about that about that top in a bit. Arguably, uh, Cobbs is actually Mall, so it's Mall's totem. Oh Ooh, yeah, it's Mall's is. top. Right. What is what is Cobbs' uh, real totem? I don't know. Yeah, I guess yeah. we could call that top to a different topic later on i guess <laughs> uh, jp thank you for that so okay so we, we know what totems are uh in the movie so what would be everyone's totem that you would have okay i guess i could go first so my totem would be my arcade stick right that i use for fighting games and no matter what direction i'm facing 
I could press up, down, and forward, but I can't press back. I can't block at all. I just press forward and just stay on the offensive whenever I play, and that's it. Sounds like a busted arcade stick, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got mine. I, I promise I, I thought of this before JP even mentioned it, so it's a little bit similar, but you know how, like, for the Nintendo Switch, the, the Joy-Cons have Joy-Con drift? So my, yeah. my totem would just be a Joy-Con. Because I know which direction that it always pushes when I don't want it to move. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to, from playing too much Animal Crossing and Splatoon, but we don't play Smash with that. No, we we use the GameCube controller. Yes. I think mine would be like the rosary bracelet that my girlfriend gave me just because it has sentimental value, but also because it's scuffed up in many different places just because of use. And there is some saint um medals on here that like i can't barely even recognize anymore so it's gonna be a good job for someone to be able to reproduce that because i could barely know what's on here <laughs> nice I, I like the theme we got two video game references and then a religious significant other <laughs> gift something really sweet <laughs> yeah I, I sense a trend um so for me um it would be i have this uh don't don't laugh but i have my favorite pair of basketball shorts that i wear and like, I don't know, it just like brings comfort. I don't know if anyone has like these favorite like cl- articles of clothing, but you just know how it feels, you know how it goes and like the way it fits on you. So I'm going to go with my favorite basketball shorts. Um, well, someone's going to have to grab them in order to be able to reproduce them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No one's getting these. So um, that's my totem. So we got an interesting hodgepodge of totems. Hopefully we survive. <laughs> Wait, but, uh, do you not wash them so you know the feel? <laughs> because like, if you take them to the cleaners, it's going to feel completely different. You know what I mean? Um, I neither confirm nor deny. You'll have to enter into my dream world to, to find that out. So it's just like on. stacking up dirt. <laughs> Those are some dank shorts, bro. <laughs> hey, you got you to gotta do what you got to do. All right. Enough about my basketball shorts being a totem. <laughs> Let's let's talk about the movie. You know, we kind of jumped into some concepts about totems and dream worlds. And hopefully after 10 years, some of you listeners have, have watched uh, Inception. If you haven't, go ahead and find it. It's on Netflix. We The the four of us just recently streamed it, um, watched it together, uh, and, and had some good, good conversations, things that we didn't notice uh, the first time around. But let's go and talk about, like, what are some of our favorite scenes or favorite concepts from the movie uh, that we really liked? Uh, one of my favorite scenes is the uh, the rotating hallway, where uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is like fighting projections, and then like the hallway is like spinning because uh, Yusuf is driving the van, and then he's getting like shot at, and then it goes over, rolls down a hill, and then that affects his perception. <laughs> so, like I believe that they they filmed that like part practically, and then part CGI, but like mostly practically, and I think that's actually really tight, just because I like how to learn how scenes are filmed did you know fun fact that uh when billy eilish was on saturday night live uh, she did perform as a bad girl apparently she asked for this crazy concept like exactly from the movie where it rotates it, you should google it or look she it did up it on billy saturday eilish. night live right yep she did uh, a co-worker of mine actually knows someone who's uh, on the production set and they said like yeah she wanted it in like less than a month and they built that out for her uh, same concept as as an inception it's pretty cool all right, mine's got to be the effort that it took to coordinate all three of the kicks in all three of the levels. 
Because, I mean, you got one where Yusuf is trying to, like, dodge all these people trying to shoot at him. And he drives off the dang bridge to fall into the water and wake up everyone. Then you have the upper level where you have to set the charges with the dynamite on the elevator. Which, by the way, how do you... What makes them think that the charges are going to be able to produce enough force for them to wake up when they're floating in midair? Come on, yeah. man. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of plot holes. Technically, they missed the kick because the kick was originally intended like Yusuf's driving off the bridge. Like that was the kick. <laughs> They're like, oh, no, 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 we'll just use the when it hits the water. <laughs> we'll use that. That's fine. We got a second chance. We'll use that entire time frame of falling off into there. Like that's just that's yes. that's one. And they kept giant... cutting back and forth to that scene, and you keep hearing the the, the music like slow down. All right, all right. What about you, JP? What, any fa- kind of favorite scenes? I know you feel strongly about this movie, but is there at least some scenes that you that you enjoyed? My favorite part was actually um, the hallway scene. I actually looked through a couple of BTS uh, videos of that and how it was shot, and it was very interesting. And um, I just want to try and see if I could uh, reproduce that myself uh, one day, just for fun. You know, I, I'm noticing a trend that JP and Matt are sharing answers. I think our viewers are going to catch on that it's actually the same person who just dubbed his voice. <laughs> I just accepted all my answers into uh, Matt's mind. Oh, that's yeah. oh, there we go. Oh, that's probably yeah. a better. There was also that crazy scene where Adriane um, Page's character had to like draw up like mazes that could be solved in one minute, and like I've been wondering for like the longest time, like how is she able to like design the maze that they're able to like do that in such a time especially since dom uh leonardo DiCaprio's characters like obviously doesn't want to even like touch anything that has to do with like design ever again because of mall so how is he able to like evaluate that kind of stuff man it's because what she draws is unsolvable labyrinth it's a labyrinth not a maze labyrinth not a maze (laughs) well that and she's already an architect in itself right so she could just come up with something she's fast. not even an architect she's, yeah, a, she's student. a student, student. <laughs> corrupting college the student. youth dom just literally called a college student out of nowhere it's like hey you want to design stuff and then put her into a dream and then suddenly he's like i just can't do this anymore i have to keep designing i have to keep doing this stuff this is just so amazing and like keep coming back is it you know you're an architect major architecture um person mark is that how it is in architect world is that how they lure um, you in oh yeah there's many times where like people were like so amazed at like designing that they just keep designing forever and ever and ever until you either had like a deadline or your gas ran out and you passed out oh, I, I hear the pass out <laughs> happens quite I a hear. bit in architect major <laughs> so yeah but there was just like there's just something about like having the freedom from like all the restrictions and kind of like the you know reality of designing stuff that ends up becoming like a fresh exercise for most people. So I can see why especially a a young architecture student would love it because that's all you get to do. You don't have to worry about gravity or logic or if the thing's going to fall over or if there's not enough air ducts for someone to be able to release all the bad air from the house it's perfect as a fellow designer i think that yeah like the less restrictions the more fun and which is exactly the idea of inception that's why he draws them in so i think for me actually my favorite scene is actually the the beginning i i like the whole concept where there's this recurring theme where you know Cobb 
um, says, you know, you, when, when do you ever realize the beginning of the dream? When do you ever realize you enter into it? And that's how the movie starts. It's just like, bam, puts you right into it, puts you right into the action. It introduced the concepts of, of dreams and levels and then has like three or four M. Night Shyamalan plot twists in the beginning uh, and it engages you. So, so I really like that, that first part to like build the world up. Uh, I think that was well done um, for me. So the next thing is, so we've already talked about, hey, what's good about it? Uh, maybe some of our gripes with the movie, but let's go ahead in truly universal fashion. So we got to put on our, our Catholic lens into all of this. And I think one of the easiest ways to talk about the Catholic lens of, of inception, of, of the idea of going into people's dreams um, is what are the ethics of getting inside of someone's dreams, both willingly and involuntarily? being entering into someone's dreams so they want to want to take a snap snap take a crack at uh the ethics of getting inside someone's dreams it's just like breaking and entering someone's house it's like dude this is like my house why are you trying to like mess with my stuff and just suddenly a robber comes in trying to steal your information just like what identity thieves or like a common robber i mean we're, we're dealing with the ten commandments here thou shalt not steal <laughs> this is already in dicey territory <laughs> yeah we're stealing because like okay we're talking about inception like at least okay in the first couple of heists they they take something right they take information but the the next huge chunk of the movie is about putting something there is it is it wrong to put something in someone's house like i come break into your house to place something there and then i leave yeah but you're placing something there to tempt me to give up stuff which will only advantage you there's like all kinds of materialism going here it's like corporate espionage uh power plays games of thrones economically man (laughs) so matt you're saying that you wouldn't appreciate me breaking into your house putting a lovely picture of myself on your bedside so that you can think about me and get me gifts. <laughs> I just be very unhappy of the breaking and entering part. <laughs> okay, so with that logic, what about Santa Claus then? Right? He breaks into your house. He places a really tempting presence under your Christmas tree and in exchange you give him milk and cookies you know (laughs) what about the sense of materialism there oh I can't wait for the for December to come so we can do the truly universal on Santa Claus (laughs) like the the cartoon uh, portrayal of him oh my goodness so JP has a good point so if it's uh, as long as it's someone you're welcoming that it's a welcome present um, so are we getting into is is it moral okay as long as there's consent? <laughs> yes, I think so. I think I think that is that is a key factor um, of the will of actually wanting the the person to have their dreams in, in, inserted. Now it sounds like yeah, it, it depends on the context of of how the dreamer is being um, <laughs> letting someone into their into their dreams. But the question now is, okay, let's say that everything's okay. It's not breaking and entering. Like there's this thing in the in inception where it's shared dreams. Like they, they share dreams willingly. Um, what in that concept, you know, in this idea of the dream world where you can do anything, you can uh, think of anything. What are the moral culpabilities of this dream world? You know, for example, if you kill in this dream world, you know, is that actually a sin? You know, from the Catholic lens, is that actually an issue? Like, is that morally not okay? 
Um, if you steal, if you have drunken escapades, you know, what, what is, where do we put moral culpability? And, and I just opened the floor up. I think there's some saints that has some things that, that I'll add, but we just want to open the floor to moral culpability in a dream world. First of all, wouldn't, wouldn't leaving the dream involve having you kill yourself mm. <laughs> based on the movie, so, right? <laughs> it would yep. be a morally necessary thing. But you're not actually dying. I mean, yeah, you're just, not actually dying, but you're shooting yourself in the head, which is still pretty violent, right? Yeah. <laughs> and the whole reason why the shared dream technology was made and then logic and movie was so that soldiers could imagine themselves killing other people in order to train for combat. Right. So uh, in the movie sense, they're trying to morally justify it as in, well, we're not actually killing real people. So the soldiers can shoot as many people as they want. Mm-hmm. But then you also deal with the fact where if you do a, a bad action and no one's there to see it, is it still bad? Oh, that, but <laughs> it's, it's kind of a similar uh, thing. I, I, I hear Ian's voice from above saying, but God sees it all. God sees. <laughs> he he will see how you act in your in yourself. And when we're dealing with dreams, we're dealing with your subconscious. So we peel back in like layers of what your interior being is like, without the facades of being in real life. So well, it reveals something about you inside. Then, well, for me, I treat my dreams the same way I treat the way I play GTA. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Please tell us. You 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 pick up old grandmas. You bring them to their appointments. You you do the wholesome thing, right? You, you catch uh, bad guys. You know, I could I could speed through traffic. I could trash my car, steal another person's car, rob a bank, do all these things. But at the end of the day, it's just a video game, you know. And no matter what I do there, I don't I don't think it's gonna affect my way of thinking. I'm not I'm not going to go out of the world right now and grab a bat and try to get five stars in real life. But yeah. I I, I, I would say the I would say the same thing for for dreams. Man, that that's actually a, a really good concept. I I wasn't thinking about that how video games can be like a dream world because there are no right. consequences, but you know, it, it just it, it doesn't feel right. Like if I were to tell you like Father Raj from last week, yeah, mm-hmm. he you know, after his homilies, he goes and plays GTA and he just like kills everyone just the entire city like it doesn't it doesn't jive well right i think for me there's this uh, idea of intentionality um i feel like that's probably the difference i think we get maybe if we focus on what are the effects of our actions like what is the tangible effects yeah in a dream world in a video game world there's no tangible effect that's lasting but what is happening is that our intention like we willed something at that moment um and maybe yeah willing the death of a character you know because i think it's not excessive to to say i'm not saying violent video games right inherently sinful but i mean if your intent is i need to vent out my frustration i just kind of you know look at violence as as a means of dealing with my problems and and you gotta think <laughs> that maybe that that has an effect you know I see what happens going. That... <laughs> yeah i agree with rents I feel like oh, what I was thinking of is like also with the idea of like shared dreaming, like even though it's such a good dream world and everything is like sort of like fake and they're not like any tangible, like you said, effects that you can readily see or like touch or smell or whatever. But like when it comes to like the idea of like stealing persons like 
thoughts or like placing thoughts in people's minds the intentionality like becomes like to harm or to exercise someone's self-interest and stuff Mm. and i feel like then it become morally culpable for those things because not only do they involve ourselves and our own sort of morality and spirituality but we'd also it involves like the well-being of others and like their Mm. own like what they're entitled to like their own property of their mind or like their own safety their own mental health and stability stuff like that so would you say shared dreaming it's very similar or analogous to playing online with friends <laughs> no, actually, I, I would be mentally damaged the difference between solo playing and playing online i would actually compare sharing my dream as, as to bringing people into my room right right because like my room is really messy so are my dreams right so if someone comes into my dream i'd be like oh oh dude let me just uh, shove everything into the closet and put everything <laughs> under the bed and uh we'll we'll and then just uh, fix my fix my. By bed. the way, JP, that's what Cobb did to Mal. <laughs> right, <laughs> that's literally what he did. So you yeah. you're endangering us by inviting us to your room with putting all the skeletons in the closet. Hey, I mean, I don't have literal skeletons in my <laughs> dreams, right? I just I just put all my dirty laundry in the clo- in the in the laundry basket, and then you know put it away. My basketball shorts, my quarantine. Yeah. Uh, also, my quarantine beard. Yep. But but I think uh, you know in philosophy they teach us like to be careful with with false analogies and and I like what what JP was saying that at the end of the day like let's say this technology is real and we somehow develop it um, there is something different about a video game where it's like outside of myself right this this computer this thing is outside of myself at the end of the day yeah it may affect me but it's not going to actually go into my subconscious whereas if something's in my dreams um it could it could really mess with me like how many times have we uh th- what's the joke like uh, uh this actually did happen where um my fiance she had a, like a, a dream of me and i like i like made her mad or we got into a fight and then she woke up and she was like i'm kind of mad at you but i know i'm not supposed to be mad at you but like what this is the, the cliche this actually happens well, this is exactly what happened to dom he couldn't decipher between reality yeah. and the dream you're waiting for a train so, but yeah, that's a, that's a good point. It's like, okay, so there is some culpability. It is different if it was a dream world. Um, there are things where I think what we talked about, like, yeah, there's, if you're, we're dream world and we're having fun and we go off and like, I don't know, like beat each other up. Like maybe it's not as bad because we're, it's all, it's all cool. Um, so, but I, I liked uh, what, what Mark was saying in terms of our inner subconscious and inner layers. And I think we were talking about this earlier, but uh, could you touch up on that? Like, kind of, uh, we talked about some Catholic concepts with the inner sanctum of of oneself and actualization. Do you want to pull up your mind palace and uh, yeah. imagine? You mean my interior castle, as in ah, yes. Saint Teresa of Avila's interior castle. In her writing, um, low background, Saint Teresa of Avila is a Spanish mystic. She's very well known for the contemplative tradition in the church and deep meditation about the life of Christ and how she can participate in that. And she describes exploring her soul like it, she would with a castle with seven different layers or mansions. And as she goes deeper and deeper into the castle, she discovers her true self. And in that, she discovers who God is because God created her in her innermost being. 
in the same way you have also Thomas Merton's writing the Fire Watch. He takes a meditation of him exploring the the grounds of the monastery, trying to make sure that wildfires aren't going to happen because that apparently mm-hmm. happens in monasteries. Okay. I don't know why. Yes, but um, you, he takes that as like a reflection of him searching to every nook and cranny of his soul trying to find where God is. And he goes to like the places like the place where the monks eat as he's exploring his appetites, his need for like food and for water and things like that. Then he goes to like the common areas of the mm-hmm. monastery where he searches for like friendship and human interaction. And then he finally reaches the bell tower, which is where he reaches up into the highest peak where he's just alone with God. So this whole thing about like diving deeper and deeper is where you can find your true self. And for Dom in the movie, it ends up being very scary for him as he goes deeper and deeper in the levels. He feels the effects of Maul and the guilt of her death on his shoulders just retching at him until he finally comes to terms with it when they arrive at the house. And yep. and yep. Um, Adriane shoots her in a pretty gruesome way, but... She finally gets that closure he needs. Yeah, yeah. No, I I like that because I think if this Inception technology were to take place, a lot of it, yeah, talks about the the heist and getting into people's dreams and unbridled imagination. But I believe that the the concept they did touch on on more negative way, as you mentioned, Mark, was the mall and and regret and pain. But I think this could be a great tool for psychologists or. Uh, doctors to really kind of explore like hey what's going on you know what's going on underneath all these things because the world moves fast and we we don't understand all the things that were happening you know the mindfulness apps you know that are out there or the mindfulness practice has been become really popular because i think we've been so saturated um on the outside you know our senses have been super inundated with all these things but you know how often is it that we take a moment to really go like you said into that interior castle of ourselves so yeah I, I, I look forward to hopefully having some dream technology like this and, and going deeper. I also think it's worth noting, like, yes, it's the he, he's the victim in the movie, but the other person who that we examine in the movie that finds closure and find goes deeper and deeper into self respection and stuff is Fisher. It's just unwittingly. <laughs> like, oh yeah, they make, they make him go through, but like he genuinely reflects upon his relationship with his uncle Peter and his father, and it's just like it's interesting because okay, like the conclusion he comes to is in a way influenced and forced, but at the same time, he genuinely thinks about the things and self reflects about his life and stuff like that. Yeah. Let's talk about that notion. I think that the key part of Inception, the title, is about these ideas, right? Like the whole movie is about him, uh, about the team trying to incept or put an idea in someone's head so it grows. Um, and we talked about, you know, the morality of it. But let's let's talk about, like, do we agree with this? Do we side with the, uh, I can't remember, Bane's character's name? Uh, what was uh, Bane's character's Eans. name? Eans. So he talks about how, like, no, it's, you know, an idea is too complicated, you know, it can change and all that kind of stuff. And they talk about emotions tied to it. Um, so what is what are everyone's thoughts on how realistic Inception can be if that, that technology existed? And again, the moral morality of that. I think the 
can't remember one of the characters, but one of the characters described the idea that you would incept into Fisher's mind as being a cancer that would define who it was. So there had to be a lot of caution in how they do it. And a lot of times we don't really realize it, but then there can be like one pivotal word or idea or event that ends up changing us. We may not notice it that day, but like maybe 20, 50 years from now, when we actually stop to pause at our life, we see how we had changed. Ah, that sounds just like a conversion story. Yes. Yes. (laughs) It can happen for the good and bad, just like the superheroes. Just one choice, one idea ends up defining the person forever. Yep. It it actually reminds me of uh, the Pixar movie Inside Out. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Pixar does an amazing job of taking like these concepts and turning it into a beautiful animation. But this idea of like keystone memories that really make or break someone and then how you can look back on it at different times. Very phenomenological. Like look back at these moments and like look at it differently, but at the heart of it, it it forms you into who you are. And I think, yeah, I think even in our world, even if inception isn't a real thing, how many times have we seen people like say something and it just it just sticks with us? Like, um, you know, we're uh, I'll I'll say this, I'm Asian, you know, I, I and there's this focus on academics and achieving and and when failure happens it hurts it stings like it leaves you with a with a mark i won't, I won't mention all the all the it leaves you with it. mark <laughs> <laughs> oh my he's incepted my brain i can't not talk about mark oh man there's also another part there that kind of really resonated too was Dom didn't want to use like a negative emotion against his father as what would drive him into dissolving his father's company. He was trying to use something positive, something that would spark joy in him to be able Mm. to drive him forward since he believed that would be able to push him to do what he needed to do to complete the mission. That was an interesting thought too because um, so oftentimes we're focused so much on like winning an argument with like apologetics or like with like debate, just turn on the news anytime, any day. But we forget that sometimes that like most of the time that doesn't end up influencing people. It's that one gentle push that ends Uh, up moving them in the right direction that ends up getting them to do something that changes them forever. That was beautiful. I like that. Uh, And it just reminds me of like so much in our world today is like when, you know, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, like how many times do people take sides because they already assume like, Oh yeah, you're hating on me or you're hating on my position. You're anti this. And then that doesn't really build bridges. Like you said, Mark. Um, So yeah, very beautiful. So we're talking about physical inception, right? Not, not like yeah. not like the regular inception that happens every single day, yeah. where people get oh. insecure whenever they hear something uh, about themselves and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, you know that's that's the funny thing. It's a movie we're talking about Inception, and it's like this concept, like oh, put it into someone's mind. But how much more powerful is our real world right now, where people are already doing that? Like you said, it JG. happens every single day. You know, like whenever we joke around with each other, sometimes you just go go home at night and just be like, "Am I really this bad of a person?" or or do yeah. I really suck at what I do? Or you know, am just, I really bad like at that. video games? No, it's my totem. (laughs) Am I really that mean? Yeah, you know, because we like to joke around with each other and then, you know, we'll we'll take jabs at each other. And sometimes, sometimes uh, a couple of our friends go a bit too far to the point to where they incept in in our mind. 
damn. Do I, am I really that person? <laughs> like, I am that guy. Oh no, I am that I think guy. That happens. Yeah. I think that happens in any circle, friends. <laughs> no, of course. So another topic that I want to talk about, I think that's big. I think when the movie completed, or not completed, when you finished watching the movie, um, everyone was talking about, did the top fall over? Is it a dream? Did Cobb meet his children? You know. So what's our takes on that? After It's been out for 10 years. What are our <laughs> thoughts on how the scene ended? And does it matter? It doesn't matter because it never happened. <laughs> that is that is definitely one particular take. Yeah, actually, that the whole thing was just a dream, and Dom is still dreaming to this very day. <laughs> yeah, he just live up. Here's what I found. Surprise guest Siri is our fifth member today. <laughs> Don, I wanted Domino's pizza. By the way, it's the kick. Oh no, it's the kick. We gotta it's end the kick. episode soon. We gotta get out. Um, I mean, I don't know. I feel like, I don't know, I'm not always like this, but I feel like maybe 60% of the time I'm an optimist. And I like to think that, like, the ending, like, yeah, it was reality. Because I think, like, my brother touched upon, like, there's this idea that everybody kind of, like, seeks catharsis. And people always try to, like, seek to reconcile themselves because that's ultimately how we redeem ourselves and how we seek salvation is the idea that we can improve or that we can push past our demons and kind of seek our vocations and what seek catharsis in moving towards what life or what God or what, you know, the events that we've experienced are pushing us towards. So I don't know. It's, I feel like I just want to believe that, or it did fall over, didn't, did fall over because I think that we all on some level, like seek that for ourselves. Yeah. And it reminds me of uh, in philosophy, and I, I, I wish Ian was uh, was on here. I'm gonna try to channel my my inner Ian, uh, but I think there was uh, if you take Descartes, I think therefore I am, and you take it all the way to the infinite part where you can like just deny reality. Um, and I think it was Nietzsche, uh, was it Nietzsche or Kant um, that said, yeah, you know, there's no way to prove prove reality. We don't know if it exists. We don't know if we exist. And if you take that idea of like, yeah, we don't know if we exist, then the logical conclusion is then it doesn't matter. Like, right, then we should, we could commit suicide. We can end it. Um, but there's something in us that wants to to live. There's something in us that wants us to to strive to be more. And I, I agree with you, Matt. Like, it's it sucks the idea of thinking, hey, it was all a dream. It didn't really happen. And there was no point to it. But there's a part of us that just hopes like there has to be something more, you know, there has to be some real, there has to be something grounding us out there and we can't really fully explain. So um, that's my take that I do think too, that, that it topples over. Um, and if it doesn't, that maybe there's a sequel out there and, and he does get to this kids. Um, but, you know, I think reality, um, it'd be a pretty sad life if, if we were just stuck in a dream world and there was no way out. I also had two movie uh, reasons why I think it topples over. One, I, f- I like to believe in the wedding ring is Cobb's totem theory, that the idea that he has his wedding ring in the dream but doesn't have it when he's in reality. The other reason why I also think, I also kind of think his kids are his totem because whenever he's in the dream, he, he doesn't get the end of that that memory like or not the end of that memory but he he replays that memory of he doesn't get to see his kids faces because he doesn't call out to them because he has to leave because of you know all the legal stuff with mall but like the fact that he sees his children's faces at the end i feel like 
it's sort of oh, reconciling because we do see it right you we do, do see, see the face right yeah. yeah that's right i mean symbolically that ends up being like a kind of touching thing if his children were the totem though because then he's not relying on like a physical thing to be his totem he's using the relationship he has with a kid mm. with, with his children as what grounds him in reality and that speaks a lot to our faith, where we define our, our whole existence not just on whatever we can build up on earth or whatever, our success or wealth or material or whatever, but on the relationship we build with another person, with God. Mm, nice, nice. Mm -hmm. I like it. I like it. So good. Cool. I hear the the Doria in the background. I think, <laughs> it's the kick. I think the kick's coming. Right, the, the kick, kick up the coming. layers. <laughs> We gotta, we gotta start getting going soon. Well, um, here's the thing, though, right? You know how Ariade and uh, Cobb were introduced in the dream through a jump cut, right? And then they kicked themselves out later. We didn't see the kick at the end with si with Saito and Cobb. We did not. We did they just not. woke up. You know. You you didn't. You didn't. That's why the question is there, is because the dream is the dream was first introduced via via a jump cut. So what if we just went from one dream to another dream? But how much of it too is uh, Christopher Nolan's art artful? Uh, when a director you know films something, they want to have everything intentional. So I'm pretty sure in every interview, Nolan just wants it to be like, we don't know. What do you yep. think? Which sounds a lot like philosophy in general. <laughs> yeah. That's why this movie sucks. <laughs> Yeah, this movie sucks, hot take. man. That JP's like, hot oh take. It sounds like a college trash. philosophy class with all the hipsters saying, I'm too cool for this. Fun fact, Nor yep. Nolan did no research into dreams when he made this movie. <laughs> no research. Just like Memento, no research into memory. He incepted like, what he incepted into our minds what he thought Inception was, but we don't really know what Inception actually is. This is just oh a Sixth Sense goodness. movie. I just wanted to make a twist for the twist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Hollywood. Oh, man. What are, what are the kids' names again? I can't remember. Philippa and James. James and Philippa are waiting for us. <laughs> So you have to tell your can you share your bit Matt real quick about what that oh, sorry yeah this movie came out in 2010 and like that was when I was still in high school I mean, it was like June July something like that when it came out but like when anybody like would have like an argument like people have a heated argument I would just like break the tension by walking in the middle of the argument and be like James and Philippa are waiting for us don't do this one <laughs> don't do this and it just became this thing and it would just instantly break the tension because everyone would just laugh <laughs> yep. and you would wake up so last question the typical curveball question to end uh, this wonderful podcast with this group is if you yourself could enter the dreams of anyone in the world anyone you know celebrity anyone in the world living and incept an idea who would it be and what would you leave? So I'll go first. For me, um, hopefully my fiance isn't listening, but I would incept the idea that I totally do not want to do the dishes and that, uh, oh, I got I to gotta do it in a more positive note, that sacrificing and doing dishes is something that I would greatly appreciate. And then I would never have to do dishes again for the rest of our marriage. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. 
Why? So you would do the cooking then? Oh, looks like I got to go back and do another idea. <laughs> it's going to make bread. I would try to incept the idea into the mind of Jason Mendoza from The Good Place that there are <laughs> other better teams than the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> and that would change the course of his character forever. Oh, Oh, no. Dude, I don't know if you want to go in that mind, in that dream. That, dream that would be, be a wild ride. I am be monkeys and go-karts. That would be worse, man. I would actually incept to every opponent that I would ever face in, in Street Fighter tournaments that I'm the best. And they have to be nervous when they play me every single time. Because I'm so good at what I do. How, how long would that last, though? Like, your controller's broken from the totem. And... Well, it still works, right? I just I just can't block. That's it. I just block <laughs> okay. with my face. <laughs> how, I, how I live life, to yes, be honest. Basically. All right. Okay, I'm going to get real close to the mic now. So, my inception is I'm going to enter the dream of you. You, the listener, right now. I'm going to enter your dream, not anyone else's, you listening right now, and I'm going to insert the idea that you're going to listen to the next podcast episode coming next week. Bomb. <laughs> Bomb. <laughs> and on that note, thank you, everyone. This has been Truly Universal. Rents, JP, Mark, and Matt signing off, and... You know, if you wake up to tomorrow and you want to listen to the, all of our podcasts, click like, subscribe, share it. Um, it wasn't immoral of us to accept that idea in you. So take care. Have a good one and have a good night. Peace out. Or good day. <laughs> Sweet dreams. Truly Universal is a production of Urban Picks. All things to all. You can find all of our content on our website, www.urbanpicks.com forward slash truly universal please like and subscribe to us on itunes spotify or wherever you get your podcasts if you want to contact us send us an email at truly universal at urbanpicks.com leave a comment on our website or follow our instagram or twitter thanks everybody we will see you next time